Welcome to the Flag P Podcast, where, what is our tagline? Uh, a Flyers podcast by fans, yeah, for fans. A... My name is Shane. And I'm John. And we're going to talk to you about how the Flyers went uh, for, uh, 4-0, and uh, we're fucking worried about the future. So. Strap, strap on in. Cue that intro music. Let's let's get down to it. This is the only team where you have a fan base where we can go, Oh, we won four games in a row! Why do we suck? Yeah, but, I mean, there's there's a lot of concerning numbers, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, Dude, it's freaking rough. When you look at the stats, the actual numbers, it's bad. And there's few cases where, like, the numbers don't really match. Like, you know, early in the season where the numbers, there's just not enough information, right? Or those really odd cases where you have, like, goalies that are just getting screwed by their own defensemen. But in our case, everyone is playing poorly, not just the Flyers. So it's like, we play bad, and they play bad, but we play a little bit better? Yeah. But it's not going to stay that way. Yeah, so this is what I was I was talking. We were talking a little bit last night. So I feel like the Flyers are winning off of two things, basically, excellent goaltending, because Elliot and Hart have been in, in our wins have been excellent, and opportune goal scoring. So we we don't have great offensive numbers in terms of shots and all that stuff, but we're very opportune with when we score our goals. You know. We'll have gotten three, four goals, 11 or 12 shots. Like, that's not sustained. It's good. You know, it's great that it happens and the team's capable of it, but none of that's sustainable. The wild thing about it is, like, if we just took more shots and stopped being so picky about everything, we could be, like, a four or five goal a game team. Like, we could have been, like, the Avs in the beginning of the well, season. I mean, even look at this game, you know, by the way, in case uh, we, we just won recording after the big dub. Uh, we hit like three or four posts in that game. You're fucking laughing at me? I'm just... <laughs> the big yeah, dub. Get the dub man. It just reminded me of like the weebiest thing someone what could say. What are you say. trying to say? No? You're a weeb with your Listen, anime shirt. No one needs to know about my anime shirt. Yeah. See, we have a whole episode where it's just anime. Yeah. So. And every and a bunch of people clicked it and listened to exactly three seconds. So because we tricked them and they thought it was an anime yeah. podcast and it was a da 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 da. It was a friggin' hockey podcast. But, uh, um, hey, maybe we need to uh, make an anime podcast. You got to start watching the anime again. I'm gonna have to start. Yeah, weaving. you got you do. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. The Flyers won tonight against the Islanders 4-3 four, four, in overtime. Uh, Hayes with the big game winner. And they didn't look good. Just like 
pretty much every other game we've watched this season sans the first yeah, two. Look- they did look better, but they didn't look good. They didn't look like how we expect them to look. Yeah. So, like, we can keep making excuses, right? Like, oh, training camp was short, and ah, oh, they didn't play any exhibition games, and we could say, like, ah, oh, Coots is out, or Myers is out, he's not currently out, but Myers was out, you know, or a- any of the different excuses we can make. But at this point, we're just kind of to the point where it's like, what is going on? Why don't they shoot the puck? They did a little better this game. They started shooting. Well, I get that. We got twenty nine on, but on it's, that. Like that's great. Like that's like double what we've been doing. So I guess there's something going in, in, on. In <laughs> the January twenty eighth game against the Devils, we got seventeen shots, and then on the first game against the Islanders, we got also got seventeen shots. Like that's unacceptable to not get in the twenty range. Like I expect like twenty five shots. 17? What the hell is that? There were two periods where they only shot four shots. What was that? Was that the uh, Devils game or was that the Islanders game? I don't even remember. And this game. There's, we, we only got four shots in the first, I think. So, yeah. it. it <laughs> what is going I on? Because I'm at the point where I can't put my finger on it. Like, we've come up with every excuse and... I've heard every excuse on Twitter, on podcasts, on Facebook. I've heard everyone's different theory to why the Flyers aren't shooting the puck. And all it's coming down to kind of is just they don't have enough possession. Yeah, I think I think uh, if I had to take a guess, it stems from the defensive zone. They, there are no clean exits anymore, and there's just massive turnovers to the point where <laughs> – Every time we start in the defensive zone, that shift is in there for a while, and then they just have to dump the puck because they don't have the energy to do anything else. They got to dump and do a line change, and then the next line gets caught. And I think it just starts there. They got to make better plays. It's like a terrible cycle of dump, change, dump, change, dump, change. But. And then they capitalize on the one play where someone's, you know, actually not tired. Yeah, I I uh, I'm glad that we they responded tonight the way that you'd expect them to. Uh, they had 29 shots on on net. That's fine. They scored a big power play goal in overtime. Uh, Faraby woke the fuck up. I think he got a a little talking to by he AV. Did. He absolutely did. I think the whole team's been getting talking tos. They have to be. They have to also understand the same things we're seeing. Like, AV can't be sitting there going, oh, four shots a period? Yeah, that's fine. That's that, that's in my game plan. We win a seven-game series doing this. Yeah. I, we can't. But, like, then again, we, we're tied for first. Like, just put that in. We're tied for first. And it's strange. It's it's freaking weird maybe it's just the covid cup maybe it's just the way it is like is this gonna be how it is all the teams are just like i don't like we got one guy missing and we don't want to do anything i think that um there's gonna come a point in the season where teams are gonna click every team's gonna click it's just a matter of when and uh we'll see what happens we'll see if the flyers can click uh obviously there's a lot of there's two ways to look at this um we're seven two and one, 
and we haven't been playing our best hockey, and I don't know why, and that's not, there's no good signs. Or we're 7-2-1, and one, uh, not playing our best hockey yet. We've already got seven wins off of not our best hockey, and you'd have to hope and think that our best is still yet to come. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's the latter because I can't imagine this being all the Flyers bring to the table. Uh, I really want to see Coots in game, like in a game. You got him for what, one game, two games? One in five minutes. Yeah, he got hurt in the second Penguins game. He was just game, f- right? five. Yeah, he got hurt in the first four minutes of the Penguins yeah. game. So, second Penguins game. So, I. I Part of me doesn't want to say, oh, this is this is all because of the lack of Niskanen and Coots, right? Part of me doesn't want to yeah. say that. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm running out of reasons. I, I, I... Like, you can't just replace Coots. I get that. He's a whole, like, he plays everything. He's a 200-foot player, right? He's a, he, He's great on the defense. He's great on the power play. He can protect pretty much everything he sees. If he has the puck, you're not getting it from him unless you check him. And he can score. He's he's like a sixty point or sixty point player, right? Yeah. So I mean, him, there's no there's no uh, doubt in my mind that when he comes back, the Flyers will look better defensively. But I think that uh, a big reason of this is definitely the loss of Matt Niskanen. So not only was he a good top pair, but uh, he just him being there solidified the entire lineup, and also. Haig had a really solid season last year. So there was no question in the bottom. Right now, there are two two potential questionable spots on our defense that are, I mean, right now, Haig, uh, Haig and uh, Gus are just going to be a revolving door. Um, and they had a couple bad plays. Haig had another couple bad plays tonight. Ghost had a couple really bad turnovers as well. Um I don't know. Patrick scared the crap out of me in the overtime. God, that puck never settled for him. It was the worst. He <laughs> he looked. <laughs> it might have been the ice. It might have been the ice at well, overtime. I mean, but... it was the second game, second overtime game on that ice and back to back nights. So I'm sure that played a factor. Another thing I, I, I'm kind of noticing is all the veterans are stepping up, and none of the young guys are, except for Farabee tonight. Farabee must have. Something must have clicked well, for him. But. It should be noted that two of his goals were like really nice goals, not like lucky goals. They were they were snipes. Like yeah, they were he shots. Was in the slot. They were top. It was glove top glove side, top blocker side, and then he got a tip. So like they were. Uh, it was encouraging to see uh, that entire line. Like we got to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it. But JVR, holy shit! You know he's part of of all the vets stepping up, but TK did not respond well, uh, I thought, to his benching. He definitely didn't have any jump tonight. Yeah, TK was almost completely unnoticeable, except for, like you said, when we were talking, that one, one post. Yeah. hit in the post. But yeah. Post-MVP for Sorokin. Yeah, Hayes, it's very fitting that Hayes got the uh, power play goal, because he had two two post shots this game. So... You know what I I did like I like really liked seeing Lawton being such a tough guy that Lawton, game. That was a ridiculous game, man. He took a couple cross checks to the face. 
So he's a warrior for sure. Yeah, he was really stepping up. He was making his presence known. So lots. Good job, buddy. Also, that this fourth line is definitely carrying the flyers. It's uh, their saving line. The thing just changing momentum and keeping pace. And I thought uh, Knack had a fantastic game tonight. I know he didn't. Uh, I don't think he got on the scoreboard, but he was he was noticeable. That entire line is noticeable. Also, Myers, man, good good to have Myers back. Yeah, that really changed things. I think Myers being back really helps because you don't have so much wiggle room in that second pairing. Yeah, no, he solidifies the top two, which makes it better. But, like, uh, Flyers need to figure something out, uh, potentially, on that bottom line. Uh, they seem to be a liability. The entire team is a liability right now. So, like, I'd like... The bottom defensive line, not the bottom yes. forward line. Um, but let's, uh, as you were saying, the vets are all stepping up right now. They all lead the team in points, which is exactly what you want. It's what you'd expect. It's what you'd hope for. It's not so much that I'd expect it, but that's true. One thing to note about the Flyers is they don't play their fourth line like their third line. Or I'm sorry, they don't play their third line like they normally do. So they play their third line kind of like a, a grindy scoring line as opposed to like a kill line. They're they've been using their fourth line as that grinder line, right? So you see Knack, and you see Bonneman, and you see Raffle coming in, just shutting everything down. And AV's been kind of playing the third line, JVR and Farabee and Lawton, as almost a scoring line. I mean, JVR is hot. He's got the hot hand. He got an assist on every one of Farabee's goals. So... Yeah, he had the, he had the assist hat trick. Yeah, right now, uh, you love to see it. I, Every every guy I'm going to name, I think, is our highest contract on the team. Kevin Hayes, Jake Borchak, Claude Giroux are all tied for 10 points. JVR has nine. Uh, following that with Joel Farabee and TK with eight points. So all, all the guys you're paying a lot of money are getting a lot of points right now. But at the same time, most of those guys are, are, are MIA most of the game. Like, we're getting the points, but, like, they're getting severely outworked in five-on-five play. Uh, again, we just we come back to this. Like, I don't know what it is or, or, or it's what we can do going forward. That is an interesting point, too. When you, when you look at the Flyers' power play and you look at their five-on-five, their stats change drastically. So we can see things like... Uh, Claude Giroux and uh, JVR, Kevin Hayes, they're all well above 80 in the in the Corsi 4 percentage. But when you uh, switch back to the 5-on-5, five five, everyone except for G is below 50. Yeah. G's been, uh, uh, we mentioned it during the game, I feel like G's, G's, G's been uh, uh, probably, I'm going to say, the most consistent flyer this year. Uh, he's been driving play, making good defensive plays, and uh, drawing a lot of calls. Like just just by outplaying people and just outworking them, uh, you'd love to see it from a captain. I, it, it, he's one of those things where you, you get tired of hearing players go or people go, "Ah, oh, we got to get rid of G. G's no good anymore. We got to trade G." 
it's just like I'm tired of freaking hearing it. Like, geez, he's around till the end. Like, just get over it. Unless it's his final year and they trade him because they're just like, bye, G. Yeah, this, like he's he he's he staying. Has no respect for the captain, and I, and I guess they just expect more from him. But I don't know. I think it, it's a different era. Like I get it. Like it's like G's time to be the guy is over. That doesn't mean you trade right. him. You just you just lessen his role and you let the new guys but come like, up. And that's what AV's been doing. That's cool. But G, G's still stepping up. He's like, I, I still got it in the tank. I'm and good to go. you have it in the tank for a couple. You're still going to get top-level play from him. You know? Are we going to see 2010, uh, 2011 G again? Probably not. But, like, no. But no. this G is, right now, we're exponentially better with him on the team than we are without. He's now the longest-tenured captain ever for the Flyers. And uh, it, I, I just want to see those numbers go up. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, G will have pretty much every Flyers record. And he should be noted as, as you know, that guy. Well, I got another stat for you. On the power play, goals four. Clauser is at the top with six, along with Ivan Provorov. And guess who? Jacob Voracek and James Van Riemsdyk. Our vets are putting in work. We switch to the five on five, yeah. right? We switch to the five on five and we look at the goals for. We're looking at wow. Sandheim at the top with nine. Alright, this is goals four, not goals for percentage. So Sandheim at the top with nine. Ivan Provorov at the top with or er, er, next up with eight. Right? But they're defensemen. We we want them to be at the high because they have so much time on ice, right? Following that, we have Kevin Hayes, Jacob Voracek, James Van Riemsdyk, Joel Farabee, Scott Lawton, and Claude Giroux. All of them at eight or seven. So those those are our guys right now. And because you know where that drops off, it drops off to Justin Braun. Yeah, it's it. Uh, this team has problems. This team has massive problems. Do we make a trade? Do you think that a, a trade? For a defensive guy, does that help here? Or like, do we need a change in the forward group? Because you could you could obviously look at this and just be like, because because you could say that they look lazy because a lot of the plays they make are lazy plays, like not looking with your backhand, not uh, uh, doing your due diligence and clearing the puck. You know, all of that is is it's it's frustrating and and shouldn't be happening. Um, clearly they've proven that they can play at a higher level. Is it time to do like a little bit of a shakeup? I don't think so. Only because Coots is still out. I think when Coots back gets back into the lineup, then AV will look and then Chuck Fletcher will look and then they'll say, let's see what happens, right? Once the actual lineup is solidified as what we expect, you know, like our power play or our power play, our playoffs team to look like. They'll start discussing that as far as forwards go. Now with defensemen, what I'm I'm seeing so far is we're waiting to see if Ghost is viable or not. If Ghost isn't viable, we're definitely going to see a trade. Yeah. Maybe it's not Ghost that gets traded, but something will be traded. Someone but will even be traded. With Ghost, say if Ghost turns out to be viable, like we still have 
like that bottom pair, which is like a liability every time they're on the ice. And it's just going to be a rotating door. Can you? I guess as long uh, the team needs to play better. Like they they need to play better, obviously, but the team needs to work on getting out of the defensive zone much better. And that'll that'll take the pressure off these guys and help them get into a rhythm. Like it can't just be all them. See, yeah, I agree with you as far as you know the bottom line, having Gustafson, Haig, dealing with Braun. Braun is great, you know, on the penalty kill, but that's all Braun's great at. Uh, Gustafson is great as a power play man. That's all Gustafson's good at. He's- in He's any fashion. So. Yeah, well, okay, we're talking about for our I'm team, just right? Saying. He's good at turnovers. Haig isn't good not at anything. Now, no, no. Haig, Haig might literally be the worst player on our team. It's a tall. So I thought about this because in, in a previous episode, I said that I thought Gustafson might be the worst player. And I thought about yeah, it and I Haig. said, well, Gustafson actually has the ability to put points yeah. up, right? He's got five points. Gustafson, yeah, he's got he's got some offensive talent, and we know he has offensive talent from two seasons ago. He has the ability; he's just not doing it right now for whatever the reason is. And I would love to see him do better because I like Gust- I mean, Gustafson his as a five, player. He has got five assists in eight games. That's not bad. The problem is his. No, it looks great on paper. His defensive play has been bad. Like. He's just not like. Why is this man a defenseman? Like, <laughs> because he's big. I don't. He's not that big. Like, also, I don't it know. Should be noted that uh, Big Sam Moran made his fucking season debut at left wing. Fuck yeah. Yeah, they benched TK and brought Sammy in. He did okay. He existed, but I mean, this is a guy who. Had really barely any time getting to go from defenseman to a frickin' winger. So, I, I didn't expect much out of him in the first place. Do you, he, he wasn't a liability. That's all I really needed from him. I think that um, we'll get to the point where both Braun and Higg slash Gus are benched. And we, we bring the Prosonator and Friedman in. I think it's only going to be dependent upon which teams they're playing, right? So we had Prosser to deal with, like, going into that Islanders, first Islanders game. And being like, hmm. Let's just see, because they're big. Right? But from there, like, who else do you have the option of bringing in? Friedman? Yeah, for defense. Friedman's Friedman. He's an AHL defenseman. You know, he fills the spot. No one's expecting him to be a fantastic defenseman in the NHL. No one's expecting him to be a, a high point it's scorer. He's just he, he's a, just no. It's them. not. It's he's an AHL defenseman. It's just yeah, what it is. Dreams, it's not. I'm not shit. Mean nothing, Friedman. Just give up right now. That's no. It's it's not even what it is. It's just that's. The dude's an AHL defenseman. There's nothing wrong with being an AHL yeah. defenseman. It's still professional hockey. Just inspired anything else, you piece of shit. Get the <laughs> fuck out of our taxi squad, you fuck. 
Why the... Friedman's fine. Sure. Friedman's fine. Fine for an AHL guy. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. So, so at this point, we don't have any other options, right? So this is where that idea of the trade comes in, right? We have, hmm, does Ghost, does Ghost step up? Does Ghost actually start putting up? Or does Ghost not really fit? So far, Ghost has been fine. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't stunned us. It's not Ghost from two, three seasons ago, right? But He's got a leash, but like he's got a couple more games on him. We'll see. What happens? Yeah, but whenever he whenever he fucks up, he fixes it, or at least for I the agree. most part, like eighty percent of the time. You know, if if Ghost loses the puck, he he corrects what it's he's doing. He does, you know, because he's a smart player, and that's really what changes the the difference between being a, a a pylon, trying to stand in one spot like Haig, or Justin Braun, where your your feet are made of cement. You can't skate. You're sl- you're like a tractor on the ice. You're burying people tonight. And then you have Ghost and you have Provorov, and they're just like zipping around the frickin' ice, and if they fuck up, they fuck up, but they try to fix it. Yeah. I can watch Haig slash at the puck three, four times and just miss yeah, the puck. Or- He'll go to take a fucking shot and just miss everything, and then the other team will get an odd man rush and score. That could happen. Or Gu- or Gustafson actually accidentally backhands the puck at his own net. Yeah, the problem is we have we have a couple turnover machines on the defense. We have Ghost, Gus, Hag. Um, trading Ghost isn't going to fix that because the other two are still going to be there. You can't trade Ghost. At this point, you can't. That's the well, thing. I mean, like, we need Ghost to solidify Provorov's spot. Because you don't... They, 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 hesitant. He can only do so much on they're his hesitant own. hesitant to move Myers up. Or, because... Maybe not hesitant, because Myers is playing fine with Sandheim. Like, why, why mess with a good thing? They need to have a solid top four D-man squad. You know, you, we can't... We can't have, oh, we got rid of Ghost, and now we have Myers Provorov, and that's our whole D-crew, right? So. And then Sandheim is, like, hanging in the balance, hoping that Braun can do how, something. And Braun's really just a PK. How much of a um, leash do you think Limblom and Patrick are going to have to start the season? I think they're going to be fine. You know, they're just going to get whatever they get until Coots comes back. And once Coots comes back, that's when things really start bearing down on them. Yeah, because both of them are pretty much... You look at it, they're, they're playing about the same minutes, the same shifts, but they're producing about the same. I mean, uh, I think Patrick's... They're not producing the same. Patrick is producing way more than no, Oscar. The Oscar's four points. Patrick is five. Does he really? They just came earlier in the season. Maybe I just noticed Patrick more. And that's weird for me to say, because, again, I'm not really the biggest Patrick fan. But But I'm not going to lie. The kid's been playing. Yeah, I mean, he's had a couple of shots here and there. Like, it's it's like kind of starting fresh with him, almost. You know, his whole development process was put on hold. And... You know, we could go back and forth about the previous coaching and all that stuff, but yeah, 
we're gonna need more production from them at some point this season, or or just just to play a little bit better. But I, I get it. I think those guys should have the longest leash, just just simply for what happened last year. I'm still at the point where I'm okay with Oscar and and Patrick, only only because of their past, right? Yeah. So Oscar had one of the worst possible things that could happen to a person happen to him, right? And he didn't get to play for a year. Nolan Patrick was literally just unable to play due to medical issues, right? And, you know, it's not as bad as Oscar's situation, but it's still bad, right? And they weren't able to play. So it takes some time for you to get your legs under you. They're starting to get to the heel of that, though, where they really need to start picking up. Yeah. They should, their their conditioning should be back into it now at this point. Or at least getting close. I'm not a professional hockey player, so I really can't yeah, say. I, I think... You know, like, oh, my legs should work at game 10. They should work. But This I, is also, you know. I mean, they're playing a lot of games, too. So, this is a weird. This is a weird year, man. This is super weird. So we have a light, huh? Yeah, it's all gonna keep being strange. We have a light week next week, but uh, a super important week, I think. So we have Boston at home twice on Wednesday and Friday. Wednesday is an eight o'clock game. Friday is a seven o'clock game. And uh, this is big because I think if you look at the schedule, um, the top four teams are the top four teams that you'd expect in the division right now. Washington, Philadelphia, Boston, and Pittsburgh. Right now, we're neck and neck with uh, Washington, who have yet to lose in regulation, which should be noted. Uh, that That's an interesting one. They do, uh, their Samsonov is out due to code protocol. Really? Still, yeah. as far as I'm, as of today, he was. I haven't been following it, but but this is a um, you know, a unique opportunity. Boston's looking at us at twelve points. We both have fifteen points. We get some wins here. Uh, now we're gonna see start to separate from the pack a little bit, and I definitely expect there to be three teams that rise above the rest pretty quickly, and I'd like the Flyers to be one of those. Well, there's going to be four teams in the in the division playoffs, right? So yeah, but it's looking like it's already separated, unless we really see someone come out of nowhere. The Devils seem like they have a chance, I mean, but if you look at it, Pittsburgh has eleven, but then Jersey and Buffalo have ten. Boston has twelve. I mean, and this is what I mean. This is what I mean when I told you in the beginning of the season it's possible for one of these teams and- to sneak in. Like I told you, I think that say the Sabers will sneak in. I see. I think it's uh, the Devils. I do. I think they'll sneak in. It it could be Minnesota if it happens. Yeah, buddy. No, wait, no. we still got that bet going Minnesota's. on. You know what I'm talking about? Lacroix or whatever the hell. Get you a bubble in water. I don't want bubble in seltzer water. I want a fucking soda, John. <laughs> You want a soda so you can no, shit yourself? Yeah. We don't have to talk about it. Stop it. But, you know, this this is it's completely wide open. Uh, even the Islanders getting to overtime twice. They're, they're one game away from Buffalo. So, honestly, third through seven, still a crapshoot. Rangers are really looking, starting to look from the outside in. But 
Yeah, Rangers seem to be the only ones who are really trailing. Even with those two uh, first round, first picks or whatever they had. Yeah, everything's kind of come. I mean, this is a tough division. This is a very tough division. I mean, who knows how they'd, they'd go, how they'd look. I mean, <laughs> looking at the other divisions, since we're kind of done covering all of that stuff, I just want to point out Central Division. The Panthers are in the lead. Really? Well, they're they're tied for the lead with yeah. the Blue Jackets. Plus, they've only played six games to the Blue Jackets' ten, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's another team. They haven't lost the regulation yet either. They're 5-0-1. They haven't. And then Avalanche, uh, Golden Knights, Blues. We expect that in the West Division. That's what everyone expected. Yeah. See those teams up there. North Division, we're looking at Maple Leafs, Canadians, and Canucks, which is another one where we kind of expected it. I thought the Flames would do a lot better this season, but they seem to be Listen, kind of shit in the gonna, bed. They they seem to have the scoring potential, but not the defensive potential. Implode. Sam Bennett has already requested a trade, and I think if they find themselves... At a point this year where they're definitely not in, they could they could be looking to make major core changes. So uh, I still think the Flyers should go after Johnny Hockey because why the fuck not? Uh, see, I'd I'd love to have Goudreau here. I'd love to have Elias Lindholm. I here. would also love to have Lindholm. If I if I could pick one, it'd probably be Lindholm just for that scoring potential. But I I like the feel good story of Dude's Johnny a machine. Hockey coming home, and I think he. Yeah, oh, yeah, because he could be like ten minutes from me. Yeah, that'd be dope. And 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 you, yeah, I guess we can have him over for pizza and stuff. We're all South Jerseyans. We can have pizza with with good old Johnny Hockey, since uh, Simmons and uh, Mason haven't hit us up Not for yet, pizza. But we can keep trying. Open invitation, of course. Masks needed. Obviously, yeah. we get it. You know, we'll take test. Uh, we'll test the pizza as well. It'll be COVID free. We'll eat pizza on opposite sides yeah, of plexiglass even, for you. Like that's fine. Virtual like virtual pizza party. We gotta do it. Yeah, virtual pizza party. That'd be yeah. great. Simmons, come on, buddy. You're like my one of my favorite yeah, flyers. Like I know you're not a Flyers player now, but you were like the the embodiment of what it is to be a Flyers player. So like. My heart, like, I still wear the Simmons jersey. So I was just day. thinking, yeah, so certain Flyers players get cemented in history, you know, it's like, he's a Flyer for life. And uh, do you think, and I, I, do you think Michael Roffle has reached that status yet? Yeah, Roffle's a Flyers player so. for life. Like, uh, I don't care where he goes. It would be hard to see him leave anywhere else, and obviously it's going to happen at some point. It happens for most players, but... Yeah, I'd say Raffle and Lawton have both reached that point for you me. You know what? I really don't want to see. I, I are you gonna break my heart? I I'll don't break your heart whenever I want. All right. I, I I hope G doesn't leave in such an ugly fashion like Chara did with Boston. Like that's just that's a that's deflating. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know it's business, right? But like, give the man whatever he give the man his his last year or two with your team. Like, even if he's just bottom four or bottom three, but like he's yeah. still like yeah, there's char dominant. Bottom yeah. six is what I mean. He's not dominant anymore, but he's not. He's still like a top six defenseman, and he's. Did you see that? There was a meme no, for. I didn't. 
There's a meme of him just checking the shit out of Marshand. I've been waiting to do this my entire life. Just flat, yeah, just flattening Marshand. Like I've been waiting, man. And not only did he leave, he stayed in the same division. Like that's also another slap to the face. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't go to the abs or something. He went to the fucking caps. Like, you. He looks so. St- I hate him in red. Not a good look. Like, I'm not even a Boston fan, and I do not want to see Chara in red. I I agree with you. I I don't like it. I don't like it at all. No. Yeah. It's like it's like if Lindros was like a Pittsburgh. Oh, penguin. you see those Crosby Flyers jersey ones. Oh yeah, where they do that cross up bullshit. Yeah, I don't want I don't like No. So I wanna look ahead at another week real quick and talk o- talk it over with you. Uh so we we're gonna go from back to uh back Boston to Capitals. It's really it's a battle of the top three teams in our division. So it'll also be the first time we're facing the Capitals, so we'll see what we look like after these Boston games. But then we'll get a real We'll get a real good, clean look at who the Flyers are as a team, I think, after this this next week. I think you're right, yeah. When we go up against the Capitals, it's going to be a... I, I'm concerned it might be an eye-opener. And for the worse and not for the better. It's possible. But hey, then again, we might figure it out. We've shown glimpses of greatness. Uh, we've been... It's not like we haven't been dominant... Uh, Obviously, this these players can do it. They just need to put it all together, and uh, AB needs to uh, push the right buttons. Uh, I hope I hope he does push the right buttons. It's a like you said. It's a, you get to you know you get on his doghouse real fast. You see, the Flyers played really well against Caps last mm-hmm. season. They're they're pretty much they're equal with each other, right? It wasn't like uh, one team really came out over top, yeah. and that's cool because you know they were neck and neck for first seed, right? But the Caps are a big team and they can score, and that's kind of what the Flyers struggle with. Yeah, we're, we're we'll definitely have to do a better job at getting just chances that's what i really liked about tonight's game is they weren't out chanced you know they were out shot but they weren't out chanced uh they actually weren't yeah as far as numbers go yeah, they weren't out chanced even if they were it was like one or two like tonight no they weren't they they literally weren't so like yeah it was like 19 to 18 or which is what like we that. need like that's fine get our chances we looked good we had an extended periods of play where we looked good and then they looked good i get monkeys ebb and flow there just needs to be competition so as long as we can go into these boston games and you know i fully expect we're just going to get outworked in one of these periods uh be it the first the second or third as long as it's not two periods uh hopefully we'll have a steady progression we'll keep rising up we'll keep getting these wins uh, and we'll see. We'll see where the Flyers stand going. Uh, going into a heavy, a heavy week. I'm hoping for the for the Flyers and for the fans' sake. It is really just Sean Couturier missing, 
and he's going to come back and fix everything like See, Coots does. Because I, I have more Coots. concerns if, if Coots comes back and fixes everything. No, no one... Because the depth didn't mean as much yeah, as no you thought it did. No one person should mean that much. Like, I get it, man. You're, you're, you don't get better by losing Coots. But the, the fact that they're being so outshot, uh, outpossessed, the whole thing, like, that can't just be Coots. And I, I, I know getting be. him back is going to help that because he's going to have clean breaks out of the defensive zone. He's going to have better possession numbers. He's going to make smarter passes. And all of that's going to collectively help the Flyers get more possession and more shots on goal. But that's not going to magically fix the Flyers up and down the lineup. So, Yeah, well, when you look at the Flyers team, there's only like three players who really do that, right? We have Voracek, we have Hayes, and we have Coots. There, there are three players who can take the puck from the back of our net and skate all the way to the offensive zone. And still have the puck, right? By themselves. So that's one-third missing. And they're they're pretty evenly separated, right? Yeah. Right now we have Voracek and Hayes left, and that's it. So We'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, obviously him coming back will be great. It'll allow AV to kind of stack the lines again instead of spreading everything out. Um, another positive thing, you know. Uh, but then again, Boston's getting Pasenark back for sure. I think he came back this weekend. Uh, but he'll be back for that Wednesday game. So this we're going to be facing a Boston squad with much, much more scoring potential than than we did before. So anyway, thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll catch us uh, Wednesday night doing a post game. One of us or both of us. You'll just have to wait and see. Just surprise. If it even comes out. out. It's a mystery to us, too. Yeah, sometimes we never know. Anyway, enjoy your Monday. The rest of your Sunday night. night. Slash Tuesday morning. Flying P Podcast. Find us on Facebook. Uh, Pretty much every podcast location ever. We also have a Twitter that we don't check. And, uh, you can email us at flyingppodcast at gmail.com. And we are also on YouTube for random post games that we decide to post. It's kind of a throw up, and we never know when we're going to post them. So if you want to watch them or check for them, that's up to you. I don't really give a shit. <laughs>